the cause of our disintegration as a people is a complex one, and I plan to go over it in numerous installments. I don't think what we're seeing now is going to go away anytime really soon. In the first part of this unfortunate series, I'll be revisiting a topic that I haven't touched in probably two years, since the dawn of this channel fairly recently. But before I do that, I want to frame this discussion. When I last presented this in my Origins of the Crisis in the Catholic Church series, I focused on, you guessed it, the transformation of the church that slowly occurred through the influence of numerous enemies into the state it is in today. If you're watching this video and am not familiar with my work, this is a traditionalist Catholic channel, and normally I cover the news of the crisis in the church, Catholic prophecy, the teachings of popes, and great minds of the church, and where the state of the world intersects with these things. It's made possible by my patrons and members of the channel, as well as the consistent viewership of subscribers. By the way, options to support this work are in the description of the podcast. And as always, if you like this video or audio podcast, share it around. It helps a lot. And if you're just finding this, but don't like the Catholic stuff for whatever reason, consider sticking around anyway. I plan to do a lot of this covering the disintegration we see going on, but I have to do it very, very carefully. That all having been said, today we begin not at the beginning, but in a sort of way returning to some of my earliest work I did back in the summer of 2018, before this channel really took off. The audio quality on the original videos were garbage anyway, so this is needed. What we're going to talk about is the infiltration and subversion of society by some of the same people who infiltrated and subverted not only the Catholic Church, but all branches of Christianity over the decades, and yes, in some cases even centuries. This process has been a long one. Today we will talk about this movement, and a figure known to many, but not enough Catholics, Bella Dodd. Some Catholics find her to be a mixed bag, but I think it is important we revisit Miss Dodd and the role she played in bringing society to the position it is in today. If you don't know who she was, Miss Dodd was literally an agent of one Mr. Iosa Bessioronis Ze Jugosavili, a.k.a. Joseph Stalin. And yes, I know I mispronounced his name. The um, party of Stalin began, honestly, probably before his sudden ascension to power in his country to send agents around the Western world to plant the seeds of its internal disintegration long before now. Miss Dodd was one of those agents, tasked with placing men in the Catholic Church who were, frankly, unfit to be priests. But she had a lot to say when she converted with the help of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. That famous television commentator, and until recently all but guaranteed candidate for canonization in the Church, while her work was personally focused on the subversion of the Church, by placing the kinds of men in the ranks of the priesthood who would go on to become monstrous headlines decades later, and others who would promote a distortion of the church's message on social issues and social justice that have become all too familiar to us today. She spoke about a lot more than the church. According to her, her colleagues were involved in doing this process to every branch of Christianity in the West, as well as to the opinion makers, to Hollywood, to organized labor, to politicians, to all of these kinds of organizations and people, and especially to the universities. What I'll be doing is looking at the subversion of each of these as time goes on. I'll be cleaning up much of what she said in my quotes of her and her peers as this unfolds, due to the sensibilities of our hosts. She warned us that we were engaged in a struggle for survival against the um, party of Stalin, one that would last for generations, and that Americans were not even aware of this. She wrote a book called School of Darkness, and it is a must-read. Quote, the American people have got to stop fooling around with just fighting communism in the abstract. 
They have got to know what the thing means, why they are against it, and how to fight it. Most Americans don't understand what it was that he and his party were promoting in America. In fact, today, many of us mistakenly believe that because that party was defeated in the Cold War, that our struggle against them is a thing of the past. They are sadly mistaken. According to Bella Dodd, that party in the U.S. and abroad placed men not only in the seminaries of all the Christian religions, but in the ranks of the professors, the opinion makers, subverted the Hollywood elite, and from there began to unfold their plan. It was a plan that would gain new life when a group of fleeing intellectuals arrived from Frankfurt, Germany in the U.S. in the 1930s, with their own plan for subversion through the waging of a cultural plan for changing the United States and the Western world. It was one that has worked beyond their wildest dreams as we see today. Those men had names like Gramsci, Adorno, and others who sought to implement the ideology of Stalin. They had fled because, because, frankly, their kind of subversion had worked so well that in Germany, the conditions it brought allowed for the now unmentionable dictator of that country coming to power. If you want a real red pill, by the way, look at the conditions in that country that led to his arrival. They'll seem eerily familiar in many ways to some of the things we see today. These thinkers fled their host country, and in this sense, I emphasize the word host. It came to the U.S. after being given a home at a major American Ivy University. I'll go more into their role in all of this in probably the next installment. For now, it is sufficient to say that their ideas found almost immediate acceptance in academia, and from there they filtered down into the professions, especially the ones that lent themselves to activism. Their goal was to turn the United States into a socialist state, and to do it rather quietly. Bella Dodd warned us of this herself, though not of these men. She may not even bear an aware of them, as they didn't, you know, act publicly or do any of that kind of thing. In her time, operating in the 30s and 40s prior to her conversion, she was an agent provocateur. She answered to Gil Green, head of CPUSA in New York. She said of him, quote, I was told by Gil Green, chairman of the party in New York State, that if ever communism came to America, it would not come under the socialist label or the communist label, but would come under a label palatable to the American people, end quote. Think about the social disintegration we see now. Think about the language that has come to fashion in America and in the West in the past decades. Social justice, equity, all basically terms and ideas that seem at a quick glance to be compatible with freedom. Many of them, in fact, stolen from groups like the Catholic Church, who had dedicated themselves to true Christian freedom, and then redefined to fit the agenda of the subverters of the country. Dodd had much to say about this. She said their movement wouldn't be honest. It would not be out in the open would not be armies with red flags and tanks and the like, not under the banner of Stalin. It is from Dodd that we are aware that CPUSA's then-head, Alexander Trachtenberg, said this as a motivational speech to his people, quote, When we get ready to take the United States, we will not take it under the label of communism. We will not take it under the label of socialism. These labels are unpleasant to the American people and have been smeared too much. We will take the United States under the labels we have made very lovable. We will take it under liberalism, under progressivism, under democracy. But take it we will, end quote. Trachtenberg was a high-ranking member of CPUSA's Central Control Committee, and he said this at their convention at Madison Square Garden in 1944, the one brief period where these agents were able to operate mostly freely due to World War II and are making common cause with Stalin. Trachtenberg would go on to face numerous court cases for his activities. To understand the mind of these elements and actors of disintegration, you have to understand that the people they placed in various parts of the culture, 
They treat their ideology as a religion. Most do not understand that it is even a form of communism. Dada explains this in greater detail. Quote, Communism is like a religion. President Eisenhower said that the other day. But it is a religion without a god. If you believe strongly in communism, it is your duty to bring it into every phase of your life. Communism is a way of life, and it is almost like a religion. It becomes a part of you. It affects your entire thinking. It affects your attitude towards your students, towards your government. It affects your attitude towards things that are happening day by day. Most communist college professors begin by being very much interested in their students. If they have a communist philosophy, they pass it on. End quote. This should sound familiar to those who understand the message of Fatima and the errors of Russia. Having been in college now for almost half of my life due to now finishing a PhD, I can safely say that she is right. Most of the activists I've known in life were in hindsight clearly agents of this ideology without even understanding it. They adopted its assumptions. Many of them are professed Catholics who have literally laughed at the condemnation of socialism that the church has taught over the course of 150 years. It is irrelevant to them. They don't believe the church has the authority to say that, to teach these things, because their worldview is purely materialistic, or at least heavily influenced by it. Thus, if you see your friends looking at our present crisis and taking a communist approach and adopting communist talking points, understand what it is you're seeing. The political parties in the U.S. have been thoroughly corrupted by them, though one party much clearly more so than the other. Dot explains, quote, In New York State, we use them in the American Labor Party and in the Progressive Party. There have been places where we sent them to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party to operate as Republicans and Democrats, you know, but to operate as communists within their organizations, end quote. This is much more obvious now than it was in her time. Today's GOP looks much more like the other party from Sander Times, and the Democrats are unrecognizable. This is the product of generations upon generations of subversion of the education system, which enabled the rest of the infrastructure to be corrupted as well. If you've ever wondered why so many Americans have gone quietly along with the adoption of a surveillance state or with a government programs that are clearly unconstitutional, then you understand the conditioning of the cultures that has been waged. <laughs> Go look at the condition some of these uh, giant corporations are in as well. This was made possible by the first major success of these groups, the sexual revolution of the 1960s, which not coincidentally was timed to almost perfectly match the Second Vatican Council. The 1960s were really and truly their coming out party, so to speak. To give you an idea of the numbers of politicians that had in the 1930s been in the CPUSA pockets, Dodd lays it out. Remember, this is in the 30s and 40s, quote, we had men and women who were members of the state legislature, over 100 men and women who were members of state legislature from Washington to New York. They were not elected on the Communist Party ticket. They were elected on the Republican ticket or on the Democratic ticket, the Farm Labor Party ticket, Labor Party ticket, end quote. In other words, this corruption was widespread. It was in all levels of the system. By the time she testified to this before Congress in the early 1950s, after she converted to the Catholic faith with the help of Fulton Sheen, her book, School of Darkness, is a must-read for anyone wanting to understand the disintegration going on around us now. Like I said, most Catholics know of her work in relation to the effect she had on the seminaries. In truth, her work was focused well beyond the church in America. It was part of a long con played on Americans by the Soviet Union, a long con that it should be obvious is now playing out before our eyes. In a way, that con has been abandoned, as the agents of disintegration are now openly endorsing these wicked ideas, with professors now saying that the horrific crimes of some of these men are in doubt, that the crimes they're accused of are capitalist propaganda. 
The agents of disintegration today now have the full-throated support of the opinion makers who get on the televisions and internet today to sow the seeds of our disintegration more and more, all mostly unwittingly pursuing an agenda that had been put into motion almost a century ago. Yes, I am a believer in what we're seeing today being part of the long con of the USSR. But it's not the only thing working against us. There were other agents of disintegration, men with names like Pike and others who planned for a series of global wars and social unrest that would leave most of civilization in ruins, but would allow them to seize power in the aftermath to implement their satanic vision of a future for for humanity, which Orwell aptly described as a boot stamping on a human face forever. I could go on and on, but I'll leave it at that for now. Belladad has been on my mind a lot lately, and I think you can know why, but let me know your thoughts on this in the comments. I'll aim for part two probably next week. Am I wrong to think this is part of her work, decades after her passing? Is this something else? Anyway, please pray for the church, and pray for an end to all that is going on right now. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.